Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Bleisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. Stephanie Burke is not with us this week. She is away, but she'll be back. She is out of the studio tonight. She couldn't be here. So we're we're close to having a full reunion after the last couple of weeks off. Doesn't that figure, though? You know, you, you have a couple of weeks off, and she can't be here for us. But that's all right. She's, she's doing some important work. It's all right. It's on business, anyway. Right. We'll all be back together next week. Uh, but if you missed the last couple of weeks, well, so did we. We were actually off the air for NFL playoff action, and so we were not here live in the studio. However, we did record a few podcast-only episodes, which you can download from SpookySouthCoast.com or wherever podcasts are found, iTunes, where else? Where do, where do you still get podcasts, Matt? Do you even listen to any? Um, no, iTunes is usually the, uh, the 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 go-to for everything. We're also on the Stitcher app, which is a yeah. great place to get podcasts. They will download them directly to your mobile device, your cell phone, what have you. It's a great way to get the show. And uh, it really, what I like about it is if you're listening, you know, because I, I don't have a long commute, so if I'm listening to a podcast on my way from my house to my job, it will pick up where I left off when I come back out. So it's not like some of these other services where you're streaming it from a website and then you have to go back and find the spot where you were again. Uh, I'm looking at you, Podcast One. But when you use Stitcher, you're able, and don't get me wrong, we'd love to be on Podcast One too, but that's just a feature they need to update. So, uh, so many great ways to get the show. And of course, you can listen live every Saturday night when we are here in the studio by going to either WBSM.com or the Radio Pop app and searching for WBSM or searching for New Bedford. But the best way when we're here in the studio is through Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, except for tonight. (laughs) Can we get it on 8-track? God forbid. We're practically working with an 8-track tonight. God forbid that we come in here after not being on the air for two weeks and things actually work for us. So what's what's the problem tonight? The, uh, The Internet is slow, and now it's not letting us on? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So uh, needless to say, we have thousands of people that are trying to uh, listen in because we've been tweeting about it. And, of course, we're talking about Whispers of State tonight, which was featured on the first episode of Ghost Stalker. So everybody wants to uh, tune in and listen, and they can't. So Matt is working diligently right. on trying to fix that. And we'll see well, like you said, there's it. always WBSM.com, the radio pop app. Right. Those are e- easy ways to get the uh, to get the audio only. And so why not, you know, so open up. If oh. you can't see our smiling faces, then. Well, no, you just open up good. the radio pop app or the WBSM.com audio stream. And then you open up Spooky TV. You can still see us. Right. You're still broadcasting, right? Or you're not up there at all. At... No. <sighs> I'm going to try and keep it in control here. The, one of these nights, I'm going to go on a rampage, though, and just smash everything in the studio. Then we'll have to get new stuff. Um, yeah, we already got new stuff. That's the thing. People okay. donated hundreds of dollars to our GoFundMe campaign so that this crap wouldn't happen. Right, and but it still happens. This is a studio, and so it doesn't matter though. To them, they're like, "What did I give money for if it's not happening?" So, needless to say, Spooky South GoFundMe dot com slash Spooky South Coast. If you want to make a donation, I don't understand either why a guy who got stiffed a seven dollar and change tip. <laughs> has made $30,000 off his GoFundMe campaign. Right. And and I had to scrape together the money to, to pay for the website last week. Hmm. Something's wrong here. He delivered two pizzas and got $30,000. <laughs> we have delivered you nine years of free paranormal talk at its finest. 
And I had to dig in the couch cushions to cover the seventy-five bucks it costs to keep SpookySouthCoast.com running. People, make a donation. This is this is <laughs> the only time that we ever do a pledge drive here on the show. Uh, so go to Spooky South. Uh, go to well, actually, you can go to our website SpookySouthCoast.com. There's a link there to donate. But just go to GoFundMe.com/SpookySouthCoast if you want to make a direct donation. Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com via PayPal. Whatever you can give. It all helps keeping the show alive, and it helps keeping everything completely and totally free, which is our goal, because we don't get paid to do this. So this is coming out of our own pocket, so that's why we turn to you to help us out a little bit with that. But $30,000, Matt, you deliver pizzas. It's not a secret anymore, right? Yep. So you deliver pizzas. I'm sure you've gotten stiffed on a $7.25 tip before, or it should have oh, been. Yeah, yeah. I can, you know, before you lived on Moniz Island, it probably should have cost you seven dollars just to go down there and deliver a pizza. Yeah, it happens, but I mean, it all even out. The well, it would really even out if people wanted to make a GoFundMe and right. give you thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> That'd be nice. So it's just ridiculous. That story has taken off like crazy, and it's uh, it's really been all the people have been talking about here on WBSM and on Fun One Hundred Seven for the last few days. If you go to the websites WBSM.com, Fun One Hundred Seven.com, you can see all the stories. Uh, they've talked to the, all the right. principals involved. I really, I really like the Yelp reviews. Those, those are pretty hilarious. I, I got a kick out of those. So, but that's it. We're not going to talk anymore about that situation here on the show tonight because this is the time for paranormal talk. This is where we talk about the strange, the unknown, the unusual. And as I said tonight, we will be talking about Whispers Estate. So, if you are unfamiliar with Ghost Stalkers and you've never seen the show, well. I work on the show as the the writer and researcher, so I should probably uh, give that information at the top here in the interest of full disclosure, but it is on Destination America. There was six episodes in the first season. We still have not heard about the second season yet, but those six episodes are out there for you to watch. You can watch them on iTunes and Google Play and Amazon, as well as some other, you know, Nefarious ways. YouTube has them all up, and you know there's uh, ways of seeing them without having to drop a couple of dollars. But I didn't tell you that. So if you've ever seen the show, you know that the concept behind it deals in portals. And when trying to find the locations for the show, and trying to find places where there are rumored uh, reports of a of a portal being present, one of the first ones that popped up on our radar was Whispers Estate, because they have a documented vortex that comes up through the middle of the house, actually kind of the side of the house. Uh, so tonight we'll be joined by the general manager of the house, Gwen. She'll be joining us to talk about the history of Whispers Estate, about this vortex, about some of the activity that has happened there, how much it has ramped up since Ghost Stalkers filmed there. And we'll talk to her about some of the, uh, the, the more inside stuff that we couldn't get to on the television program. There's another television show, another paranormal TV show, that I won't name, that I, apparently for the last two weeks has been focusing on portals as part of their research. So, you know, we we looked at spooky self. Uh, we looked at ghost talkers as wanting to change the conversation a bit in terms of you know what we're looking for. We are we kind of were going into this saying, all right, we already know that ghosts exist. We already believe that. Now we have to find out the the why and the how. So that's why portals became a big part of the research. So I'm glad that we were able to advance the conversation a little bit there and, and that these other groups and other shows are picking up on that and, and carrying that mantle. So a lot of folks look at it and they get upset and they say, well, you know, that's just kind of copycat. But isn't that kind of how good research goes by taking what somebody else has been doing and finding new ways to, to work with it and to improve upon it? Matt Moniz, you're a scientist. 
Yep, that's what it's all about. You're not supposed to be. You're not going to take an experiment that somebody else has done that has had success and had documented results and say, well, okay, but now I'm going to do it completely. I mean, you will if you want to try and find a different way to get to the same conclusion. Correct. But generally, you want to kind of take what they've done and build upon that. You know, you took uh, the creation of, of one vaccine... And you use that as kind of a blueprint to be able to make another one. You say, well, let's see how we can apply that to this and see if it works. Correct. That's what it's supposed to be about. But then again, paranormal research is not, you know, we say things aren't an exact science. So it's not exactly science at all, necessarily, the way that it's currently being conducted. So, uh, But still, to, to take that same idea and build upon it, I like that. And, you know, I, I don't get into all that reality TV drama of who did what first and, you know, people are just doing something because it's the happening thing. Because really, that's what television's all about, whatever is the happening thing. Believe it or not, science is like that, too, sometimes. Well, that's why we have paranormal (laughs) TV shows right now, because it's the happening thing. So if you want to join in the discussion throughout the course of the night, you can call in at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Phone lines are open throughout the program, and uh, we will be here until midnight Eastern time to take your calls. You can also tweet us at SpookySC, or you can talk about the show on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive. And if Spooky TV ever does get up and running, we have that up there. You know, you can see the little window on the Spooky TV page. So uh, if you do that, you'll be able to see every time somebody uses the hashtag Spooky Live. Just making an adjustment to my screen there. So the eh, the last couple of weeks, there's been some things happening in the paranormal world for sure. There, there's been a lot of stuff that's uh, that's come down the pike. There's been some UFO sightings uh, oh, here in plenty. Massachusetts. Uh, there's a lot of Bigfoot stuff lately. I feel like, and local. Hmm. Uh, well, and you put something up the other day uh, on the uh, Spooky South Coast uh, Twitter account about that Bigfoot footage. What, what, oh, the uh, the um, from the drone footage. Yes. Um, yeah, um, I I saw that on Cryptomundo. Um, that's Lauren Coleman's website. Well, well formally, 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 Lawrence. Formally. I, I don't know if he's still associated or not, but no, he's not. Um, but yeah, the, um, the supposedly the the guy was testing out his drone, and he he does aerial photography, or um, and he caught a like a black uh, figure that was moving in the the bushes, and uh, I don't know, it looks like could be somebody in a suit, and it is kind of convenient that it kind of stops. Right at the certain point where it, um, the figure walks and then kind of, so it doesn't really, you don't get too good of a look at it. Right. And, but I mean, that's the case with every Bigfoot. And I think that you, you kind of picked up on the, you know, because you're just retweeting a link, essentially. Yeah. So it's going to carry over the, oh yeah, the, the, the title (laughs) of. Undeniable proof or whatever it it was. It was from a, uh, a news, um, a news station in, I think it was, I'm not sure if it's Oregon or one of the, uh, one of those left states out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they put, uh, indisputable proof of Bigfoot. And that wasn't us saying it. It was, we were just relaying the, uh, the link. We weren't saying that it was undoubtedly, uh, right. undoubtedly. I mean, people Bigfoot. were kind of attacking yeah. us, but like, yeah. come on, guys, you know better than that, right, right. but. Uh, yeah, it was it was their headline, not yeah. ours. And there was that Bigfoot um, picture 
as well. Yeah, the from one, Ohio. The, the, the one that's like really close. That looks like a mask, or <laughs> because it is or a model. Oh, I thought you were referring to the one from Ohio. There was another another one as well. Um, well, and also Moni's sure that one. all these uh, UFO. Uh, videos that have been popping up, including that one in Western Mass with the the yeah. orbs of light that come oh yeah that, out of the main. That looks exactly like the one the one that you're talking about. From yeah, it's it looks like just a Photoshop job. I don't think it's, it's a Photoshop. It's the exact same position as the. the see, this is the part where if we had Spooky TV running, you would just put the photo oh, up for course. people to see. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so we're just kind of we're going to just remind people of how great Spooky TV is when it does work. <laughs> The listeners out there are going to have to use the uh, the old Google tubes. Listen, if you have a problem with uh, with Spooky TV not running, all you have to do is send an email to the general management here at WBSM and tell them. Right. You know you're upset that Spooky TV isn't working correctly and you can't see everything that's going on. They'll they'll fix the problem. But uh, this this video that we saw, the UFO video that we saw with this orb in the middle of the screen and all these other lights coming out of it, it <laughs> will forever be known now as the Oh my God yeah. video. Did you see the video of Matt Costa? No, I didn't. There's a woman who's recording it, and all she does through the whole thing, oh, my God, oh, I, my God, oh, I my don't, God. Is it, like mon- I don't, is it monotone like that? Like She's like, or is it? I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll get Moniz's take on it while he's uh, letting us know what he thinks about it. I'll find the actual video. Can we play the audio? Uh, I'll play the audio. No, you no, you really can't. No, no, play. I'll find the part where I can play it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. there... <laughs> there's, there's a lot of expletives, but I'll, I'm just going to give you with a quick, uh, with a quick, oh my god, from it, so you can hear how she said it through the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's a person actually standing to the side of the uh, videographer. Now, what I find interesting is the what makes me wonder is the person that's taking the video says things, but that's inaudible, but the annoying person to their left or right is definitely... Sorry, you guys have to talk while I listen to the video. Oh, sorry. I thought you were trying to play the video. Yeah, and all you'll hear is the onlooker saying, oh my god. Oh my god! I want to get close! I want to get close! Oh shit, let me get right here! It was oh my god like that through the whole thing. Right. Yeah. We, let, we let one S bomb go through, that's fine. But uh yeah, that was kind of the way that that whole video plays out. And uh, I'll actually I'll tell you what, because I can do this. I will tweet it out right now uh on the spooky south coast uh, uh, spooky south coast Twitter account at spooky SC so you can uh, check it out for yourself. And then you can hear the entire unedited you know all the comments. Uh, Do you think the uh, expletives add to the credibility of it? No, no, no. I, and I thought, you know, I thought Chinese lanterns when I saw it. Uh, that was the, when I saw them dropping. Yeah. But my question was, then what is the main thing that's yeah. dropping those lanterns? That's well, Chinese lanterns also don't, you know, form up in formation and then take off. And they and usually come up and then yeah. go down. Several other things. Now, the thing that gets me uh, about this is you don't see any of the reflection on the water. There's several other things about this video that are curious. Only the the thing that really is interesting is they're saying Western Mass, but that is obviously the ocean. And you don't have the ocean in Western Mass. There's There's a number of things about this. And I can't find any other information about it. So well, we'll see. I mean, we'll keep uh, following around with it, but I think I yeah I is screwed that a, up. Is that on uh, MUFON? No. Oh, well, it, it may be up on MUFON site, but I, I got it from something else. And I actually first saw it because Taylor Cormier 
posted it on my wall. Oh. Uh, so, but I, I got it out there now. I just tweeted it out. It, it, I had done it by my own account by accident because I'm, you know, I mess up the Twitter sometimes. But uh, a couple of stories there that uh, certainly we'll follow up with uh, and let you know if more happens on those. And if you ever have any stories like that that you want to share with us, you can just tweet them to us at SpookySC. You can email them to us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Those are the ways to get a hold of us. And, and you can reach us all week long, of course. We're also individually on Twitter as well, uh, at Tim Weisberg, at Smoking Monkeys, at Matt Moniz SSC, and at Sberg910. And they're all connected to our uh, bios on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. So I don't know. Anything else uh, paranormal that we needed to discuss that happened uh, in the paranormal world? Of yeah. course, the, the email going around, I don't know if you guys got it. Uh, the the email that they're now casting for Paranormal Naked and Afraid. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Yep. Apparently that show, Naked and Afraid, is pretty popular. I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I, I like it. I've seen the advertisements. <laughs> I've never, I don't know like anything about it. But now they're trying to cast a paranormal version of it, where people are actually investigating for ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoot and everything while naked. So so why is this new? I've been doing that for decades. Yeah, see, well, I was going to say, that's the problem. Like, we get mad when we're on... Like, we get pretty pissed off if we're, like, at a Legend Trips event and Moniz takes his shoes off. <laughs> so imagine how we feel when people are actually getting naked. You know, that's a different we're, story. We're going to put a flashlight. Oh. Well, I don't know. A flashlight? No, I don't know. But uh, the... I guess you have to use the headlamp, right? I guess so. Yeah, with the with the band on it. Uh, I'm, I'm more uh, worried about if they go forward with that, you know... How's that going to show up in night vision when somebody's completely naked? They're going to look like Mr. Burns when he came out of the uh, woods. <laughs> I bring you love. <laughs> I bring you peace. So the <laughs> that's that's the only concern that I have because I don't know if you've met a lot of paranormal investigators, folks that are listening, but uh, we're not exactly the most tan bunch as is. So uh, it should make for some pretty strange. <laughs> and of course, the joke that everybody's making. Well, I don't care if they want us to be naked as long as we can still wear our matching t-shirts, right? Like, yeah. There's just no bottoms. That's weird. I know. So uh, we will be talking to our guest, uh, Gwen, coming up in just a little bit. Right now, why don't we do a quick... Well, watch out for that microphone there, Moni. It's, <laughs> it's, it may be attached, but it's it's not yeah. immovable. I'm sorry. I do it all the time. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right now, Frank's listening. No! Don't hit those more. Don't hit those. But uh, before we talk to Gwen, maybe it's time. Maybe we can just get a little bit weird. More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you today. What's so wonderful? Weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have some weird stories uh, this week, and there was a guy who tried to sell a ghost on Craigslist. The advertisement said that uh, he has a male ghost for sale that came into his house when he purchased an old wooden chest. Uh, he is attached to the chest. The chest comes along with the ghost. He is attached to it. What, uh, this is written by uh, apparently William Shakespeare put up this Craigslist ad. Uh, whatever room you put the chest in, he hangs around in. Uh, so if you wanted to buy this ghost, how much do you think that they were charging for this chest with a ghost attached to it? I don't know. They used to sell um, a ghost in a bottle on eBay. 
Then I think that was like two fifty or something. But this one was three hundred dollars, hmm. and it, they included pictures of the chest, which is fine. But they also included pictures of the ghost, apparently, with the chest, which the ghost <laughs> pictures don't look anything uh, like a ghost at all. So, and what's great about this story, and uh, you can find it on Barstool Sports on the Chicago Barstool Sports page. The person gets into a back and forth with the person selling it, asking questions about it, really? Really? which is even even funnier. Was this on uh, in the Casual Encounters? No, I don't think or so. I think it was in the, Items for Sale. The Grave Encounters. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, it does not list a category here. Oh no, no, it does not. But uh, but you know, there you have it. We've moved from selling ghosts on eBay to selling ghosts on Craigslist. So now we're selling ghosts on online yard sales on Facebook. I'm sure it'll be the next thing. <laughs> Don't laugh. I've gotten a few haunted items from there nice. as well. And so have I. <laughs> well, but not intentionally with you. <laughs> Boniz is just like looking for a good deal and he ends up with a ghost. Uh, here's another story. I wish Stephanie was here for this because I know how she would react to it. An eight-foot alligator was found next to the carcasses of two cats in the backyard of a suburban L.A. home where the reptile had been living illegally since the 1970s. For over 30 years, this alligator had been living uh, in this neighborhood eating neighborhood cats. So animal control officers uh, received a tip that there was a large alligator living at this house, but they couldn't find anything. When they returned, the resident uh, wouldn't let them in, so they came back with a warrant. And that's when they went in and they found this alligator in the backyard. It had been feeding on chicken, hot dog stuff of that nature, according to the owner. But the neighbors think that that's where all their cats had gone. Uh. <laughs> Nobody ever checks the garage for the alien from Melmac, though. Right. They just automatically blame the alligator. With that's, the neighbors just that's like, profiling. Oh, another cat gone. Well, let's get a new cat. Let's get another cat. <laughs> <laughs> After so many cats, for where you'd be like, something's going on here. Either something's going on, or I should just not get cats anymore. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking though that that wouldn't have stopped Stephanie. So <laughs> you, you know. kind of understand the mindset of where they're coming from. And uh, also one last story here. Uh, that would be that uh, Archie the horse. The footage has finally gone viral after being posted for two years. Archie the Horse is a uh, equine rescue who resides at the Rocking Horse Ranch in California. Yeah, he is a farting horse. Okay. Don't they all? Yeah. But this one uh, gets a little bit uh, really into it. Let's see if we can... Uh... There we go. Look for a good one. I, I did not screen this ahead of time for language, so just a warning. All right, let's see. He, he actually lays down on the ground. There he goes. And we're broadcasting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just in time for the farting horse. Can I go all the way over, buddy? It, well, like, seriously, this is the Nick Roberge of horses. Watch. Watch what he does. Oh, so good. So, all right, he got it back up. Again? Oh, all right, let's see. Okay. There he goes. Yep, yeah, yeah, there he goes. 
Could you imagine having all that air in your intestines? How good that must feel. Just to let exactly. Go. Remember when Nick used to just lift his leg up all the time right. and like let it go? That's like uh, the Nick of horses. Anyway, that's the week and weird for this week. If you ever have any strange and unusual stories you want to share with us, that eat, that horse eats a lot of hummus. Apparently, <laughs> you can just tweet them to us at Spooky SC or use the hashtag Week in Weird. All right, why don't we take a break? When we come back on the other side, we'll try and connect with our guest tonight, Gwen Ziegler. She is the uh, manager of Whispers Estate in Mitchell, Indiana. We'll talk about that location, about its history, about the hauntings that go on there, and we'll talk about the poor that exists uh, right there in the house and some of the strange things that have come through that we didn't even get to talk about uh, on the episode of Ghost Stalkers that featured Whispers Estate. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up here on Spooky South Coast here on the new 1420 WBSM. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, your your classic Spooky South Coast lineup. Stephanie Burke will return to the program with us next week. But now joining us on the line, we have Gwen Ziegler. She's the manager of Whispers Estate in Mitchell, Indiana. You know it from the first episode of Ghost Stalkers. And uh, she is here to talk with us now a bit about the inside story of Whispers Estate. Good evening, Gwen. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, we're doing spooktacular, as we say here. And thank you for joining us. Uh, we've been trying to get Van on for a couple of months now, and it seems like every time I ask him, he's got something going on. He's a busy guy. Yes, he is. Very busy. Well, that's great, though, that he has you to uh, be able to take care of things, because, you know, in talking with Van in preparation for Ghost Stalkers, I know that he's he's not 100% comfortable uh, at Whispers Estate. Um, no, not 100%. Um, he did have a, uh, uh, as we call it, an oh, um, well, I better not say that on the air. He had a, uh, he had a moment at the house, and um, he left rather abruptly, and ever since then, um, he's a little um, hesitant to go in the house um, alone at night. But it seems like you've made a different connection with Whispers Estate. Um. I have been with the house for quite a while, um, so I am uh, very uh, in tune with the house um, and the entities that are there, um, that are mostly there, I feel. So, uh, yes, I guess you could say I've, I made a different connection with the house. And, uh, I mean, we can get a bit into the history of the house itself uh, coming up, but how did you uh, personally discover Whispers Estate? It was just something that I had always wanted to visit, um, and then once I was there um, and, and uh, did my investigation and I left, it was as if the house just never left me alone, if that makes any sense. I was just always constantly thinking about it. It just, it, it was just something that was always on my mind, constantly, and so... Um, I had a few things I wanted to go over with Van, and um, I also, um, the, when I was doing the laundry and I uh, was washing the jeans that I wore the night of my investigation, I had two jacks in the pockets of my jeans that I did not put there, so I felt wow. like those needed to go back to the house as well. So um, I went back to the house and started talking with Van, and then one thing led to another, and um, and now here I am five years later still with the house. 
Well, I think when people watched uh, that episode of Ghost Talkers or if they've seen some of the other uh, television programs and news reports that happened at Whispers Estate, you know, you get this sense from the house. You know, they always shoot it in a way that makes it look very foreboding, makes it look very dark and ominous and mysterious. But what's your feeling when you go into the into the building, when you go into the house? It's not always like that. I mean, we have the children there. We have Dr. John there. I mean, we do have a portal in the house where you do, you don't ever know how many entities are in the house. Uh, you don't know if they are negative or positive, but you, you always have, you know, that the children are there and, uh, they love to play and interact with the investigators and, of course, Dr. John and, um, we have Mabel in the parlor. I feel like that's where she hangs out. And, and so some people, um, when they come in, they're, they're more focused kind of on that dark side, if you will. Um, so the others seem to be forgotten at times, I feel. And I think that happens a lot with different hauntings is that there seems to be a predominant story, that uh, a predominant legend that will develop, and that seems to take precedence, and people forget some of the other uh you know, spirits that might be involved in the story because they become so fixated on, on one thing. You know, we live uh, near the Lizzie Borden house and we deal with it all the time and, and people focus on the Bordens and forget the fact that other people died in that house and on that property. Correct. Absolutely. And I think that all the entities um, are desperate to uh, communicate, you know, not just, you know, the ones on the, the, the dark side, if you will. Is it some, is it a place where you know that you every time that you go there, you know you know that you're going to have some sort of uh, experience, some sort of connection, even if it's not anything overt, but just some sort of little uh, reminder that they're there. It might be you know something simple as you know feeling like somebody's touching you, or or maybe uh, picking up a certain scent, but some sort of reminder that the spirits are around you. I think it depends on the person. I think if uh, you're uh, closed minded even though you know you say that you're not but deep down inside you know uh, you're just close to the whole experience uh, of course you're not going to get anything happening I think if you're a negative person um, I always say you know they don't want to be around anyone negative you know like the children don't Jesse doesn't you know um, and they sense that they know that and so they're not going to um, they don't, they're not going to come out and want to communicate with you, you know. Um, but I also, when, when people come in and they, they're open to experiences and they even have the slightest little thing happen, you know, to them that's amazing. But we have people that come in and they have, you know, the little things happen and they go, well, we didn't have anything happen at all. When really they did, but they want that, you know, the apparition to come in and sit down and have lunch with them, you know, type thing. Uh, we don't have a ghost union, so we can't guarantee that something is going to happen every single time. But most of the time things do happen. Well, you're right, though. Like, if, if certain people come in and bring about a certain energy, you know, it can it can not only make spirits not want to come and, and interact, but also it could uh, make it harder for them to even make their presence known. But if you come in open-minded and you come in wanting to have that experience, maybe you're giving off the energy that can help them manifest. I mean, do you feel like the entities that are at Whispers Estate are strong enough that they could manifest on their own if there was even no person there to experience it? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely, I do, without a doubt. Even the ones that I think come through the portal, um, I also think that, you know, when we sit there and we say, can you maybe make a sound for us? And uh, it's just, you know, somebody might hear a, a, this, just the smallest little tap or a little bitty knock, and somebody might say, oh, that's the house settling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all about debunking, but at the same time, I always say, you know what, if that were me and I was an entity and that's all the energy that I could do is make that small little knocking sound, you know, I'd be pretty irate if it was overlooked for the house settling. Right, yeah. You know, so don't be don't, don't be so quick to debunk everything, but, you know, pay attention to, you know, that's why you're there and they're trying to reach out to you too. Now I have a question for you. Do you ever have activity happen happening in the house while nobody's there that you're able to determine? In other words, you know something has been moved from one point to another or some other obvious means of activity? Absolutely we do, and um, we don't report that. Um, I think we, well, we have like these journals in the house, and we were writing in them, and then after a while I was like, you know, I don't think that people are going to believe us because we have so much that happens there. Um, just the other day, Sandra and myself, we were in the house um, and a door slammed. And it was during the day, uh, and we didn't ask for it to happen. We, In fact, we weren't. We, we don't investigate 24-7, you know, when we're in the house. We were doing other things. And a door slammed, you know. Um, we had a bell in Dr. John's room fly off the door. You know, we don't ask for those things. And, it, it, again, it's just like, you know, hey, we're here. We want to be noticed. It's almost like, hey, you're supposed to be here, you know, wanting to communicate with us, you know, come out and play with us. You know, what, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you paying us attention? You know, it's almost like sometimes I think they get a little jealous or something. And. We've uh, kind of uh, mentioned a few of the names of the spirits that are at Whispers Estate, but let's give people who might not have seen Ghost Talkers or might not have read up on Whispers Estate a little bit of background uh, on the house itself. Uh, Well, we're not sure what year it was built in. We do know that the house was there at least by 1894. Uh, Dr. John and his wife, Jessie, they did not have any children of their own. They uh, were known for adopting orphan and abandoned children. Uh, we had documentation of one daughter, and that's Helen. Uh, but the house is mostly known for Rachel. And um, she had a uh, accident, if you will. I don't want to give away too much for those that, you know, still are interested in just coming to the house and being part of the tour. But uh, she had a uh, tragic ending to her life in the home. And, um, and then we had a... Uh, uh, Jesse's parents, uh, they expired in the home as well. Um, and then we don't know how many patients passed in the house because Dr. John did practice his uh, medicine and did his surgery there in the home as well. So, and then, of course, the portal. Well, yeah, we'll, cer- we'll certainly get into that. Uh, but the, the house itself, you know, being a private residence for a long time, uh, previous to Van owning it, I know that it, Somebody would come in and purchase it with the intention of using it as a bed and breakfast, and that's how, how Van first got involved, is by coming and investigating it uh, when that owner had it. And so it seems like it, it's been loved for and cared for for a long time. Correct. 
but there was a time when it was not. Um, from my understanding, it was empty for quite a while, and then it was in uh, disarray. And then um, a previous owner came in and uh, cleaned it up. And, um, uh, you know, of course, it looks gorgeous on the inside. Um, so, you know, it, it has been through many changes. Has there been, uh, in, in the time that, uh, and I know that you guys do all kinds of tours there and everything, but has there been a push from anybody to have it become bed and breakfast again to make it so that you can stay there all night long? Uh, well, you can stay there as far as investigating. Right. Uh, we do, we do, but as far as sleeping in the house um, and, and having it be a bed and breakfast, uh, right now we don't have this bathroom, and uh, we also don't want to take away from um, the private investigations. Well, and and also, you know, nobody wants to have to get up and make breakfast in the morning for everybody, too, right? Right. After a night of a... It, it, Right, it might be a pop tart or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, but you know, there's always something going on there. They always have the flashlight tours. They always have the opportunity for people to come and investigate. So, it's we always say that we need more of that in the paranormal field. We need more places that are open for investigation where people can come and conduct research because a group has the opportunity to go there repeatedly, and they're you know paying money to come and investigate, which helps keep the property maintained and restored, and they're also able to to conduct a long-term investigation where they can keep, you know, uh, going back again and again and hope for repeatability of results. Absolutely. Um, every dime that we get, believe it or not, uh, goes right back into the house. We are all volunteers at the house. And uh, we are, you know, we have about eight minutes left in this hour before we have to take a break for the news, and then we'll pick it up again on the other side uh, and get really in-depth with some of the activity that happens in there. But, of course, the name Whispers Estate comes about because of all the, the disembodied voices that are heard there. And, and we're not talking about electronic voice phenomena with that, right, When We're hearing, you're hearing actual voices uh, out loud with your own ears. Absolutely. Um, Sandra had a little girl whisper in her ear. Uh, I've heard my name called. Sandra has heard her name called. Uh, even last night, a group that was in there, they heard uh, singing in the house. They heard a little girl singing uh, Ring Around the Rosie, which we used to sing uh, to Rachel. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've heard a, the man in the attic saying, get out. Yeah, so it, it's not just on the recorder. So you actually hear the whispering. And we've uh, had that happen to us a few times uh, at places. And, and when you hear it, you know, it, it kind of sends a shiver down your spine. I can only imagine what it must be like to, to go to work every night knowing that you're probably going to have that type of an experience. You're probably, right. in some ways it can terrify you, but in other ways it can really get you jazzed up for, for going there and for the investigation that's going to take place. Right. And, and with, with whispers, it, it picks and chooses who it wants to hear what. I mean, you might hear a scream and the person right next to you might have never heard it and you're like oh my gosh it was so loud how did you not hear that that's really so, interesting. And that's something i can't explain so and and well moniz i'll ask you from a scientific perspective is that could that be you know that one person is hearing things on a different frequency or is it more of a metaphysical explanation that you know the message isn't meant for them i think it's more metaphysical because the hearing works by uh basically atoms moving in the air if everything's all being equal, so to speak, everybody should hear the same thing. That's why I think this is affecting people beyond 
basically the eardrum. So you're hearing it, but you're not physically you're hearing, hearing it. it. It's, not, it's not actually moving the hairs within your eardrum uh, and, and moving the uh, you tympanic know, membrane. It's actually something that's more of a, a telepathic psychic connection. Uh, it's either that or it's uh, a resonating frequency just beyond the eardrum itself that is being selected. Wow, very interesting. And, and so that must be great for you then, Gwen, to be able to go there and have that happen repeatedly. What, what What's probably the most uh, intense message or the most intense sound or, or word that you've heard audibly? Oh, my gosh. Um, most intense. I mean, I've heard get out. I guess I tell you what, I guess it's hearing your own name being called. Well, that, that's... Yeah. Pretty freaky stuff, uh, but was it in a way that you know they was it uh, an assuring, a reassuring way, or was it more of an antagonistic way? No, um, actually, I was sleeping and um, I heard it. You know, it, it actually woke me up. And I know people say, "Oh, well, you're sleeping." I was like, "No, I heard it so much that it woke me up. Like, like they wanted my attention. You know, like I was needed somewhere." And then when I really came wide awake, I was like, "Wait a minute." Is this some sort of, you know, is this a trap of some sort? Right. Are you, are you calling me? To, you know, are you, am I being set up here? You know, I, I, at that point I didn't know, and um, I was actually afraid to leave the front parlor. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't leave. So I stayed right where I was because I just felt, you know, you have that feeling and you're like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't think that this is a, is a comfort voice it, it was like a very you know like i'm being set up so i better not leave well, I think anybody that has seen Ghost Stalkers knows, Gwen, that you are uh, a brave person that's uh, that's willing to put yourself uh, into a position for experimentation and for research. And I, I, I've seen so many different cuts of the first episode. I can't remember what was the final cut to air, but uh, I know that they did bring you back in after you had explained and gone through the walkthrough with John and Chad and explained to them everything that you had experienced there. They actually brought you in to have you sit in the, the vortex area to see if you could kind of make a connection. And, and, the, and the house responded to you. It responded to your presence and to you being there. Yes, it did. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, some people, I think, just have certain connections with locations. And, and, and it seems like, you know, you've, you've become very uh, connected uh, on, a, on a very different level than just the way that, you know, a, a person might normally... Uh, be connected with a with a physical location. It seems like there's something deeper there, and we can explore that more uh, coming up in the next hour. And we'll also get to see if you're if you've never heard of Whispers Estate and you, you've never seen Ghost Stalkers and you've never read up on on the Whispers Estate website. You know, it sounds like we're talking about a haunted house, a very haunted house, but a haunted house nonetheless. But this story goes beyond. Just ghostly activity. And in the next hour, we'll get into some of that. We'll talk about some of these other strange creatures that are roaming about at Whispers Estate. Gwen, you're, are you home tonight, or are you actually at Whispers uh, as we're talking to you? No, I'm home. This okay, good, because I feel a little bit better then about some of the uh, <laughs> topics that we'll cover in the next hour, because I would be very nervous if you were sitting there in the house by yourself and we start talking about Big Black. So we'll get into that <laughs> coming up in the next hour but uh i mean just for yourself what was it like uh, seeing yourself on television um actually i do not like having my picture taken <laughs> <laughs> so um i'm, I'm kind of shy when it comes to that sort of thing believe it or not so i really haven't seen the whole episode um i kind of leave the room when um when when um my segments come on so 
But it certainly has uh, helped uh, increase the visibility for the house, and I'm sure you know tour attendance went up and everything too. It did. It was it was um, it was very helpful for the house, and we we greatly appreciate it. But on the other side of that, on the flip side of that, uh, some of the activity that's been happening since that, we'll we'll talk about that in the next hour. But the you know everybody watches it and they say, well, you know, this happened and that happened, and it seems like those type of circumstances that happen to John and Chad are happening more frequently to people that visit the house. So we'll cover all of that coming up. And uh, but if people do want to find out more about uh, Whispers during the news break, what is the website for everybody to go to? whispersestate.com can't get any simpler than that and the great part about that site is all the historical information that you guys get you put right up there on the website for people to check out for themselves Mm-hmm. I sure do so uh, you can check that out during the break we are going to take a break for the news and when we come back on the other side we'll talk more with our guest tonight Gwen Ziegler about Whispers Estate and again as I mentioned at the beginning of the show if you've never seen Ghost Stalkers and you want to find out more about Whispers you can do so by downloading the show it's available from iTunes from Amazon from Google Play and you can you know just pay a couple of dollars and be able to download the show you can buy the whole six episode season uh, for short money and you can also go on YouTube as well if you want to find it through, you know, the, the less legal means. But it's up there, and it's out there for people to get and watch. And it's amazing because I know people who just watch the show again and again and again, those same six episodes. They just watch them repeatedly. And uh, so when we were talking earlier about how Portal Research now is all the buzz in the paranormal world. So we're glad that Whispers Estate being the first episode of Ghost Talkers helped kick off some of that. We'll talk more about that coming up in the next hour. If you have any questions during the course of the discussion, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. We'll be back in just a moment here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast, hour number two. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, where we talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night. And next week we'll be back with the full gang. Stephanie Burke will be back with us as well. So make sure you tune in then. And, of course, Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you are listening on the radio and you'd like to see what's going on in the studio, just go to our website, click on the Spooky TV tab, and you'll be able to see... And join in the conversation with us on Twitter using the hashtag SpookySC during the course of the show. Of course, we love your phone calls at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 as we talk about Whispers Estate with our guest tonight, Gwen Ziegler. So if you want to call in with any questions, feel free to do so. You can also email them, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, or tweet them, again, either using the hashtag SpookyLive or directly to us at SpookySC. But... I just want to let everybody know about a great fundraiser that's happening here on the South Coast coming up this uh, this Thursday night, I'm sorry, this Thursday, January 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. at Chuck E. Cheese in North Dartmouth. There'll be a magic show. It'll be the Odie's Place First Annual Magic Show 
to raise money for Odie's Place, a no-kill animal shelter that will be built in the city of New Bedford, a nonprofit organization. And if you would like to take part in this magic show, it's only $10. There'll be face painting, and there'll be magic from Bonaparte and Skip Daniels. So if you want to check that out, you can just go to odiesplace.org to find out more about getting tickets. But at the end of the program, we'll give away a pair here on Spooky South Coast. So if you would like to go to this magic show for free, say it, Matt Costa. Give me the for free. For free? Yes, for free. You can do so uh, by just calling in at the end of the program when we announce it. So stay tuned for that. I'm supposed to ask a question or, or come up with something that would be a good way to give this away. So hmm. we might have to come up with something. I don't know. I have one, but I don't know the answer. We have 49 minutes to do so. So Let's, what we'll does the E stand for in Chuck E. Cheese's name? Do you I, know? I, I don't actually oh, know. Okay. I'm just wondering if anybody knows. I would, actually, I would actually love to know. We could ask what former... I, I bet it's Einstein. What former Spooky South Coast guest who actually stiffed us on the interview <laughs> created Chuck E. Cheese? Ah, that's a good one. I like that one. Do you know the answer to that one? Hmm. No? I do. You do? Okay. So maybe, maybe we'll ask that one. So that that might give you some time to uh, figure it out between now and then. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, we want to make sure that you work for it. But uh, we are talking about Whispers of State with our guest tonight, Gwen Ziegler. And if you've never seen Ghost Stalkers, download the first episode. You'll find out all about Whispers of State. Uh, but there are things that we didn't get to talk about in the actual episode of the show itself because, you know, you're limited to the amount of time. And, and in some ways, the... The powers that be that were overseeing the editing process, they didn't want us to go off on too many tangents. But Gwen, at Whispers of State, you do go off on tangents because there's different types of activity that happen there. It's it's not really just ghosts the way that we think of them. There's also some other kind of uh, you know transdimensional beings, and and you guys think that it all relates back to that portal that is on the property. We do, um, as you mentioned earlier, we we have uh, what we consider uh, big black. Um, and when Big Black first appeared, it was a, a large humanoid shape, uh, shadow, if you will. Um, since then, uh, most of the pictures that have captured this entity are now just large shadows that cover pictures. Um, it's, it's, it's not like you have your finger over the camera lens. It's actual, I mean, it'll cover like the lower half of, um, the room, or if you're taking a picture of a doorway, it, it'll cover the whole upper half. Um, actually, last night uh, we had uh, investigators in there, and in Dr. John's room, one whole uh, left side of the room plus the lower, the whole bottom side was one large dark shadow, um, and that's what we would consider to be big black. Hmm. Well, and, and, you know, those type of creatures, those type of entities are, are not uncommon in paranormal research. The, we do encounter shadow figures quite often, but this one seems to have, uh, you know, it seems to have quite a malevolence toward a lot of the people that come into the house. Um, well, I think at, at first I think I actually thought that it was like maybe possibly a collection of negative energy mm-hmm. and – it seemed that when groups would come in and, and it had more negative people in the group, that we would see more pictures of Big Black. Um, however, uh, since then, and 
getting these pictures of Big Black, um, I believe that it has come from the land. Um, I believe that it has always been there. Um, I don't feel as threatened by Big Black as I used to. Um, some people, I think, you know, you, and you don't know people's level of fear. Right. So, so when they see these entities, uh, even if, you know, they, and they're investigating and they'll, they'll see the dark shadows or if they see them on their cameras, um, you know, they'll get spooked really easy. But other people, they just, they're very intrigued. So, um, you just don't know how they're going to react. Um, but, uh, I think that this entity was always there and, I, I don't know if it is uh, something that um, always overlooks the house, if you will, takes care of the house, or is overlooking these entities, if it's something that's guarding this portal. Um, I'm not quite sure yet how I feel about Big Black, but I do think it's always been there. Um, and maybe some people do look at it as being malevolent. Um so I'm still, as far as I'm concerned, the jury's still out on that. Well, one of the things that I find the most fascinating, though, about these stories with Big Black is, you know, we hear stories all the time about these these type of entities, but not necessarily in connection to where there could be a portal. So we try to come up with earthly explanations for these shadow figures, and it could be some sort of a trans-dimensional being because you guys have at least uh, you know believed uh, at Whispers of State to have a- an entranceway to other dimensions, a way for things to kind of come in and out fr- from this realm into another. So this could be an entirely different species, an entirely different uh, plane of existence, an entirely different type of of, uh, of living being that we've never in- never really encountered before, uh, just coming through that doorway. Right. We we have the portal, um, yes, and we also have a history of Indian uh, legends and a heritage on the property uh, where the house sits. So and, and so you don't know what has what has been there before, you know. So and how far that that dates back. Hmm. And of course, there's all the limestone there as well. Yeah, it really is a unique uh, location in terms of structure. I mean, it's almost like the house was built almost to be a paranormal beacon with the way that it helps uh, foster some of the uh, activity that happens there. And, and again, in talking about the different types of activity that take place there, I mean, we you don't really hear a lot of stories anymore because we try to come up with, you know, we try to lump everything as paranormal investigators into uh, neat little categories. Moniz, I'm sure you've seen this developing over the last uh, couple of decades. You know, it's 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 either a ghost, or it's a demon, or it's maybe an angel, depending on on, on what your beliefs are. But really, there's it's very limited the categories. You also left out elemental, which is usually the first things that people were reporting back in the day. So, but now where do you lump into that category then a, a skinwalker creature, a, a creature that, uh, Gwen, Gwen, just try to des- describe for us uh, some of the, the beings that have been seen that relate to that, that front stairway. Oh, the front staircase. Um, well, the front staircase, 
Um, we have several entities that like to hang out there. I've seen human and non-human there. Um, uh, we have a little boy that um, likes to hang out there. Rachel likes to hang out there. Uh, we have a creature that uh, is low to the ground, uh, has long arms, moves very fast. Usually it's in between doorways, moves from, like, room to room, and you only catch a glimpse of it um, through the corner of your eye. And uh, people always say, you know, it's, like, hunkered down very low. Um, then uh, in the... How big is it? How big is it in terms of height? Um, in terms of height, how, let's see, um... In terms of height, I'd say it was four foot, maybe. Could you discern a color? Black. Okay. (laughs) Dark black. Well, and and some of these other, I mean, they talk a lot. They mention the goat man in uh, in, in the episode of Ghost Stalkers uh, with the classic Chad Lindbergh line of I mean goat man what the f is that <laughs> but uh <laughs> and and really though but that's one of the things that people have reported seeing there and, and as well as uh, a creature that's half serpent half man as well so it's not just a half goat half man also a half serpent half man which a lot of folks through their religious lens through the lens of you know Christianic views here in the United States we look at that and we say oh well that's that's a demon that's the devil that's you know coming in in that form but uh, but it goes beyond that, and and even the the, the more likely description, the more, um, I guess you could say, general description. If we didn't have everything written by, you know, white Europeans, uh, would be uh, conducive to the Native American skinwalker uh, legends as well. So is that? I mean, right. I know you know Dave Roundtree coming there. He's a shaman, but he didn't really work in that capacity on Ghost Talk. Because I'm sure you've had other people of Native descent that have come there and experienced these skinwalker creatures. We have, and, you know, at first we didn't put two and two together, you know, um, but there's uh, the screaming that um, people have heard that are, like, non-human. It's like a screech. You know, they say, well, it's not really a human scream. Um, and then uh, we have people that, uh, report after they leave the house, they have these horrific nightmares about these creatures, you know. And um, the and the Wendigo is known for for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so all these things, but but the Wendigo is also known, or the Skinwalker. I, I, I we always just say Wendigo, but it can be, you know, one of the, the and that that creature dates way back. Um, we have the goat man type creature uh, we have seen on the second floor as well as the attic. Uh, the snake light serpent, second floor, um, and smells. We get the, the gardener steak smell. We get the cat urine smell. We also get the fish smell hmm. um, to, to where you almost, you know, you need to leave the house. It's so bad sometimes. Um, we've captured a pair of uh, eyes up in the attic room 
and it actually has like just a little pair of arms coming out of it if you look real close. Um, and we don't have any critters in the house. Uh, we don't have any stuffed animals in that room. Um, and then on the flip side, people report seeing a cat. And, uh, they, and every time you say, well, what color is the cat? Um, it's always a different color. So, so you, I was going to say, all these different uh, types of entities and all these different things, you know, there's there's no guarantee that it's uh, that it's coming through this portal. It could all be different manifesta- manifestations of the same energy, uh, but it could also be that Whispers Estate is in the middle of a, you know, it's it's a crossroads. It's a it's a place where beings are moving from one dimension to the next, and you're just catching glimpses of them on the on that path. Or, you know, this portal, you never know, like, if you will, the door, when when and where, which side this door opens. Mm. And I also believe wherever there's a positive, there's a negative, right? I mean, there has to be. Sure. And so what, you know, but you have this positive portal where, you know, the, the happy entities, if you will, and the cat comes through, and then what's coming through or going into the negative side or portal, you know. I got a question for you. Okay. Have there been lots of UFO sightings in the area? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. And uh, we also have a question online. Uh, Teresa wants to know if people have come into the house that don't know anything about the history uh, and that don't hear about these reports and still have the same experiences, or are people coming in already knowing that these are the other sightings that other people have had at Whispers Estate? We have numerous people that come into the house not knowing anything at all. We have lots of new-time investigators um, that um, have never investigated at all. They don't know the history of the house, and they just, you know, once we get started and we show them pictures of uh, the, the bite marks, the scratches, uh, some of the evidence pictures, by the time the tour is over, they're kind of like, well, we're not so sure this is where we want to start. Um, we didn't know all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, they kind of hang out in the dining room or uh, wherever we are. So, yes, we do have people that come into the house not knowing the history of the house. Well, talking about some of the different rooms and some of the different things that people have experienced, and, and all the rooms, and you go into it, I'm sure, on the tour, uh, Rachel's room and the doctor's operating room, they all have these stories where uh, you know different entities are associated with those rooms, different types of experiences. But it seems like the the worst part of the house in terms of the the type of activity that takes place would be in the attic. The attic and the servants' quarters. Right, which I'm trying to, I mean, I saw all the the floor plans and everything, and I saw the episode, and I saw some of the raw footage, but I never actually got to go to the house itself. Uh, How would the servants' quarters relate to the location of the attic? Right underneath it. Okay, so this is we're talking about that uh, that side of the house, that portion of the house where it's believed that the portal is at its strongest, is that the same location? Um, actually, no. Hmm. The portal, well, the portal, wait, um, okay, the service quarters is under what we call, we just call it the seance room. Um, so that's more toward, as far as the attic goes, 
the right side of the attic. Okay. Is the that also the, is, is that the red room as well, the seance room, the room that's all painted red? No, it's across from that. Okay. So the portal, it goes from the red room down into Jesse's room, down into the front parlor, which is at the front of the house. Okay. And the servants' quarters and the seance room is at the back of the house. But we also believe that this portal, I believe, moves at times. That, that, and I mean, sometimes that... I I think that it does, you know, move, and I think sometimes it does um, go over into the seance room. I think it's interesting, too, that maybe some of this really negative activity is happening not in the same location as the portal because maybe those things that are coming through it are trying to stay close to it without actually getting back into it. You know, they want to stay in our realm, and they don't want to get sucked back into the portal and cross back over to wherever they came from. So they're they're still there. They're still nearby, uh, but they don't want to actually enter into it. Uh, but it seems like those locations have, uh, you know, th- that's what really sticks out in people's minds when they go there because that's where some of the most intense stuff seems to happen. What are what are some of the stories that come from the seance room and from the servants' quarters? Okay, the servants' quarters, uh, there's a closet in that uh, area. Um, and after we cleaned it out uh, and we started allowing people to investigate in there, um, we had a girl, she got her hair pulled, and then um, we had another person, he got a little scratch on his arm. Um, and then it would just escalate to where uh, there was a person taking a picture. She had her foot half in the closet, half into the, the actual room, and something from inside the closet pushed her out. And she landed on her arm, and it had a mark on her arm in such a way that it just didn't make sense. There was just, it was like she had a raw rash all of a sudden. Um, we had a girl get choked in the closet. You actually saw fingerprints around her throat. We had uh, an investigator sitting on a chair that's in that closet. She was using a spirit box and she asked, do you mind me being in your closet? And something picked up the chair she was sitting in and threw her out of the closet and there's a staircase in the servants quarters with a it's in the middle of the room so there's a railing around the staircase and uh, she was thrown all the way to that railing Um, there's a there's a lock on that door to the closet on the outside of the door Uh, we did not put that there that has been there uh, ever since um, it's been a bed and breakfast as far as I know. I don't know who put that there, um, but it's on the outside of the door. Uh, we had a staff member get locked in that closet. Wow. Like I said, the lock is on the outside of the door. So that area, the servants' quarters in that closet, is an area where we don't go. Staff does not go in that room or that closet alone. There's always two people. Hmm. Well, it's Uh, not... I'm sorry, go ahead. uh, We've also seen very large non-human entities in that closet as well. So it's just... uh, We've also had very loud banging in that closet as if something's trying to get out. 
those would be the areas I would think that a lot of investigators coming to Whispers Estate would want to focus on uh, because of the intensity of some of the reports. What are some of the experiments that people have conducted uh, in, in, in those rooms? Uh, they just, like I said, the K2 uh, spirit box. Um, they have had, um, you know, the video cameras, infrared. Uh, we've had one group that has a connect. Um, and that actually, uh, there was something that was wrapping around the woman's waist that you could clearly see. Um, and she felt very uncomfortable. Uh, and then she came out, she had marks around her waist. Um, as far as, you know, I, just your normal, we, I, we haven't had anything, you know, uh, high tech experimental, uh, things going on there as far as I know. I mean, nor, it's just your normal paranormal equipment well one of the things that i had suggested in in researching the location and writing the script for ghost stalkers and and what i did basically is i talked to van i collected the stories i put it all together and i gave them kind of an outline of of what they want to cover when they're there and so i also in as part of that i would suggest what rooms they should focus on in the investigation and and make suggestions of what types of uh, experiments they should try and one of the things that i had suggested but i don't think they got around to trying it was uh, actually using mirror gazing as as a technique there especially mm-hmm. in the seance room where there's been a lot of communication made uh, and, and creating, because we've used it at the Houghton Mansion in North Adams, Mass., and we've talked about doing one at Lizzie Borden's, creating a psychomantium so that they can, essentially, it's a form of scrying, and they'd be able to try and, you know, go a little bit old school with that and see if they can make a connection with some of these entities, because to get a, a visual on them, to be able to see them in the mirror staring back at you, I think would uh, be a pretty intense experience, but I don't think that Ghost Stalkers, I don't think Chad and John got around to doing that. They had so much going on, just a couple nights to do it. Uh, but is that something that people have tried there, or maybe something that you'd be willing to try yourself? Uh, well, we have tr- tried that. We have done that, uh, but we have done that in Jesse's room. Okay. Um, uh, we have gotten pretty good results. Uh, mostly we've just done it with staff. Uh, one person actually saw an Indian person standing in the room behind her. Um, but a lot of people can't get past, you know, they're mirror gazing, they're looking into the mirror, but their faces change so much. Uh, we had another, uh, um, person looking back, uh, that you know, it, it just throws them off so quickly, you know, their faces changing and then there's something else in the mirror. Um, so and I and I always like when I when I give the tour I always say you know here's something that's very interesting if you're if you are willing to give this a try and I think that you know they they hear it and then they're like it does what and <laughs> so I, I'm I don't think there's a lot of people that know about that yet but it is something that we are uh, trying to promote um, but we've only done that so far in Jesse's room um, I think that. The attic, the seance room, and Virgil's closet, it's a very intense locations, and it would be for the, the serious uh, investigators and the ones that um, could handle, you know, that level of intensity. Right, which I'm thinking, you know, that would have been right up Tenny's alley for sure. Uh, he definitely could have handled that. But, I mean, if you go back to that episode, and, and again, I know that you had said that you haven't seen the entire episode, but... Uh, John was scratched on the second floor, I think at, at, right at the door to the servants' quarters, and he's not the only one. And it seems, you know, Van mentioned to me in the pre-interviews about there being a lot 
lot of people who had been scratched. And I didn't relate that information to John. So he didn't know that going in. I don't know if Van told him during during their walkthrough. But, uh, and then so many people have had that happen since the show has aired, too. It, does it seem like is does it something that happens because people are provoking the spirits? Does it seem like it's something that happens because people have a certain attitude, or can you never really be sure who's going to end up uh, walking away with some red marks? You just don't know. Um, we had um, we've had two people get bit in the house. Um, one of them was actually he said something that was not very nice. Um, because he didn't think that uh, things were moving quite as fast as he wanted, um, and he was bitten, and there were three other people in the room with him. Um, other people, they do provoke, and they have walked away with some scratches, but other people don't do anything at all, mm-hmm. and they don't even know that they've been scratched. Um, I Just recently, there was a young man that um, after the tour he was reaching down to go through his equipment and when he did his sleeve pulled up a little bit and he noticed the red mark so he pulled his sleeve up all the way and his arm was scratched basically from his wrist to his elbow and he didn't even know it so I don't know why uh, which person gets scratched and to what intensity Um, sometimes I think that the spirit is just reaching out, trying to get their attention, and they don't mean to scratch. I think it just comes across as a scratch. Um, they're just want, they're just so desperate to reach out, um, but then other times I'm not so sure. Right. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, sometimes this activity, it doesn't matter that, you know, they say, well, you know, if you provoke it, you're only asking for trouble. Well, not necessarily. I've known plenty of people who have gone in provoking spirits and had nothing happen, and then people who just go in there minding their own business, and the next thing you know, they're on the floor. So it, it, doesn't, right. it doesn't really equate necessarily all the time. But uh, it's, And it seems like whatever is at Whisper's Estate, the various different types of uh, beings that could be there, you know, you're at their whim. It's not It's not what you want them to do for you. It's what they feel like doing for you when you come there. Exactly. Now, with with, uh, with the different encounters that uh, John and Chad there, I mean, they had uh, probably one of the more profound moments in the episode. That and I don't think it's I don't have to give a spoiler alert, guys. Right? If this show already aired months ago, right? I don't have to say spoiler no, alert. No, I don't okay. Think so. All right. Well, I, I, in effect, it, I just did. But your money is he hasn't seen it. Right. Well, that's because you know. <laughs> He's busy. You know, can't can't watch the show that his friend worked on. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, when when uh, they're conducting their investigation, and of course, keep in mind for folks that haven't seen it, John and Chad, when they investigate, they do so individually by themselves overnight, no crew, nobody else, just themselves, a couple of cameras, and a and a panic button in case anything goes wrong. And when they're in there, they capture this footage of the rocking chair moving on its own, and it wasn't something that happened all night long because of a breeze or anything, it was that one time it moved back and forth clearly. Is that something, have you ever seen that happen before, that that little uh, small rocking chair with all the toys? I have not seen that happen before until that episode, but since then it has been captured moving again. Really? Wow. Yes. And, and that area is what we call the nursery and that is a location where we ask investigators not to investigate alone because there have been uh, 
three major attacks in that area. Wow. Well, it, it seems like uh, the the different types of activity that have happened have have ramped up and increased, and I'm sure that it doesn't help that people are probably going in there trying to recreate what they saw uh, on Ghost Stalkers. But that, of course, is also the place where the spirit told Chad to, to be a man and helped him start on that yeah. journey of, of you know nutting up, so to speak, in, in his paranormal research. And uh, I'm sure that when you're in there, you know, you face that moment where you realize, holy crap, this stuff is real. And I'm sure you've seen plenty of people have those reactions when they come in for the tours. I have, and, and I have had have people come in and they say, well, yeah, I, I, I believe in this. And you're thinking, no, I don't think you really do. And then at, even by the end of the tour, you know, they're like, oh, my God, I had no idea. You know, Whispers of State will definitely change your beliefs. But we aren't here, you know, to make the non-believers believers. You know, that's not our job, of course. Um, I think the house will will do that on its own. Um, all you have to do is just pay attention and listen. So, when when people come in and they are, I mean, have you seen people that have uh, gone a little bit further than they expected? Have things go further than they expected? People who have actually left there scared? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, last night I had a gentleman that. Uh, he only made it so far in the house, and he didn't want to leave because the rest of – well, he wanted to leave, but the rest of his uh, uh, group, uh, they were not ready to leave. So he had to stay with me in the kitchen. <laughs> but we've had uh, Marines run out of the house, uh, policemen run out of the house. Uh, we've had people come – a group and they say well this person right here is why we're here and they're all stoked and ready to go and that's the person that's out on the front porch crying because they couldn't take it hmm. so you know you you, you just <laughs> it's surprising you know the the people that you think are going to be okay and then they end up not being okay so I mean, I guess, you know, you're never really sure how you're going to react to it until it all starts to go down. Uh, and, and I'm sure that there are people who come there and are just looking to kind of check it off their paranormal bucket list, you know, all the places that they want to investigate and visit. But I'm sure that you have other people who come in there uh, knowing that, you know, they've encountered similar other places where there is intense activity, and they're probably coming out and saying, like, wow, this is still nothing like I had expected. You know, as much as I thought I was ready, I wasn't ready. Right, and sometimes I think that the house also knows a, a person's limit, and they only show them what they can handle, but they show them enough to say, yes, we're real. But other people, I don't know why they go totally overboard. <laughs> maybe they need, Maybe that's what they need to be convinced, or maybe that's why they come there because... They're looking for an answer to something that happened to them uh, in their childhood, or they're looking for an explanation of something, and and it, that's to the level that they needed it to be. Now, do you have any people that come in with, like, service animals, and do the animals react in the house? We have had uh, some dogs come into the house. Um, I've even brought one of my dogs. Um, and she would not go into the uh, 
attic. It took her several times, but she finally went up there. Uh, we've had some animals that, uh, another dog that would not go into the servants' quarters uh, on the closet side, um, as if they knew. Um, we've also had uh, some other dogs in there that they were fine until uh, they were getting ready to leave, and then all of a sudden they were uh, growling as if they had seen, you know, something, and, it, and they were on guard. And the, of course, there's a moment in the episode of Ghost Talkers uh, where there's a bat in the house, and and Chad has to do battle with the bat to get, to get it out. Is, is that something that happens frequently, or is that kind of just a strange anomalous situation uh, while they were there? Um, we've had reports of that bat, and since then, and we have stood. Um, we've watched the house. You know, because we run up on this bat, uh, we went outside waiting for the bat to exit, you know. We've watched the house. We never could see when the bat left. Uh, we never never captured the bat, never saw the bat. I don't know <laughs> where the bat went. Um, we've, we've had a couple reports after that, but then there's been no bat. And that's, that's not their behavior. You know, usually when you have one... Uh, after a while, they'll they'll all come and and roost and everything. We I've never we've not had a bat problem since then. One of the things that I find uh, very interesting about the if you go to whispersestate.com and you read up not only on the house but also on the tours that they offer, the whether it be the flashlight tours, whether it be the investigative overnights, and I have friends, uh, a, a friend of mine. Uh, who you have the chance to meet a couple times now. Jesse has come down from New York. Her, her sister is local to you, but she's come down from New York. And uh, she has just raved about these tours and, and how great they are. Uh, but one of the things that I notice on your house rules is that you clearly state no entity cleansing, passing on, blessings, etc. You don't want people to come in there and try and help the spirits that are there uh, move on. What, what's the rationale behind that rule? Um, I don't make the rules. Um, of course, Van, the owner, has made that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that um, even on the other side, we have free will. Um, I don't necessarily know that if we did the house cleansing and blessings that it would be uh, helpful to the entities because they might not want to leave. And um, also, I believe that sometimes it can make it worse. Right. That's what I'm thinking. So, yeah. So we're not. We don't want to make anything worse than what it already is. And then, you know, like I said, I don't know. I, you know, if if I didn't want to leave my home, there's nothing that's going to make me leave if I don't want to go. And I also, you know, we don't like I said, we don't want to make it worse. Well, and I, I just I noticed that because it stands out because a lot of other places don't have that rule in place. And you see people go and try and, and conduct these ceremonies, and, and they don't make a difference. You're right. You know, they, they don't. Uh, I know people who have gone to Lizzie Borden's and said, you know, they're going to help the Borden's cross over. And no matter who's come, no matter who's tried, nothing has worked. Nothing has uh, nothing's been able to take. So I, I agree with you that they're not going to go anywhere either because they don't want to and it's their own choice or because there's some sort of force that's keeping them from being able to do that. 
There is one rule, though, that is the deal breaker for Moniz and I, which is the reason why we're not going. Probably Matt Costitude, which is the reason why we probably won't be going there now. Uh, I just noticed this here. No chicken mutilations allowed. Come on. I am not, I'm not going down to Indiana unless I can mutilate chickens. That's the whole point of going there. That's how you start a great barbecue. Humor. <laughs> yeah, he always says, no chicken but goat is okay. So that's his sense of humor. He put that in there. So um, that's his personality. So yeah, it's a, If you actually do read it, it's great. I mean, you can definitely tell that uh, it's it's definitely Van when you read it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but also the rules make sense, too. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just kidding around, too. Uh, and, uh, of course, I did want to ask Van uh, tonight, but uh, I will ask you instead. Since we're talking about Indiana and, and mutilations... I mean, I don't know if you're a football fan, Gwen, but I'm pretty sure that the Colts are going to be coming back with some horror stories of their own uh, after they come to Foxborough tomorrow. So be prepared for that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I used to watch the Colts regularly, uh, and I was uh, so into the games, and I would be you know, yelling at the top of my lungs and everything, and my daughter would come in, and she's like, you know, we can hear you all the way down the road. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So um, I kind of had to get out of the football scene because I was making um, a fool of myself, I guess. And um, and then every time I noticed that I would watch the game, they would lose. So I kind of backed off from the football a little bit. But, yes, I do know that they won the last game. So, um, yeah, uh, I will have to uh, watch the game tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be at the game covering it for the local newspaper. So I'll be sure and uh, talk some smack on uh, Twitter and Facebook to all the Colts fans out there. but And I also want to give a shout-out to uh, a listener of the show, uh, Gail, who lives out there in Indiana. She lives only a couple hours away from Whispers Estate in Mitchell, Indiana, and she's also the aunt of New England Patriot Rob Ninkovich. So we want to say hello to her, and, and uh, uh, I'm sure that she'll have no problem rooting for Rob's team tomorrow in that game. But when people come down, I mean, you probably are seeing people from all over the country, even from all over the world, coming to visit Whispers Estate. Yes, we do, and uh, we have our little map on the wall, and they put their little pin in the map, and so uh, it's very interesting to, to get to talk to um, all the different uh, people and where they're from and hear their stories. Where is where is the furthest person from? I, I believe we had someone, well, the furthest, I believe, is Australia. Wow, that's, that's probably as far yeah. as you can get from Mitchell, Indiana. <laughs> right. <laughs> is there, is there uh, have there been other... Uh, productions that have uh, shown an interest in coming and filming since since the Ghost Stalkers uh, episode aired. Um, I know that you guys got some we, news coverage. Yes, we did. We had the uh, news coverage from uh, Louisville and uh, a PBS station. And I know that if there's anything you know really in the works, you can't really give details. But you know, just in terms, I just, I'm just wondering if we're going to see more of Whispers of State on television coming up, so that the the public can can increase the interest in in the location. Um, not that I could speak of. <laughs> okay, well, we'll we'll just uh, take that with a wink and a nod. But the that's the great thing about it is you know we. Part of what was great about Ghost Talkers, it was able to do the same thing that we have a company that's called Legend Trips. And I've, I've talked to Van uh, in the past about coming down there and doing a Legend Trips event at Whispers Estate. And that's something that might be on the calendar somewhere in the future. Uh, but part of what we do with Legend Trips is we want to focus on places like Whispers Estate where it's being kept alive, no pun intended, for 
people to come and research the paranormal and where it depends on people's kindness and donations and people coming there and, and paying to investigate to help keep it going. And so that, you know, I'm glad that with Ghost Stalkers, we were able to help put that focus on Whispers Estate and help uh, hopefully increase some of the visitorship there. What is probably, yeah. uh, I mean, what's probably the biggest expense uh, in terms of running something like that, I got to think. You know, you, you've got to deal with insurance. That's a, that's a big thing. Uh, you've got to deal with just the renovations to the house. It must get even worse when you've got people <laughs> coming into the house that are being tossed around and scratched by entities. Right. I mean, of course, you've got your mortgage. You know, that's a that's a hefty price that you have to uh, account for monthly. And then you have you know your utilities and. Uh, and uh your <laughs> your repairs um and it's always it's nonstop and you never know what's next and it doesn't help um, that uh the owner who bought the house with the intention of living there can't live there and has to have another residence at the same time because exactly it's too exactly. intense but then that's the good that's the good part for the paranormal investigators because they never have to worry about bothering van if they want to come and rent the house out for the night you know they know that uh that it's going to be open Right. And it just seems, I mean, I've, in all the conversations that I've had with Van, both on the phone and online, uh, you know, it seems like it was the right fit of the right person coming in and, and buying that location and being able to be the conduit for people to come in and investigate. It seems almost like he was meant to buy the house. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Um, his personality, he's definitely, um, He's a very unique individual. Um, <laughs> he uh, uh, he could be hard to approach at first, I think. Uh, he deals with computers all day, but once you get past that um, and you and you get his sense of humor, um, and he's doing this because he he wanted to keep Whispers Estate alive and not have the house get lost in private hands mm-hmm. and um, and not have it uh, to where people can come in and investigate it. He bought the house for the, because he, he uh, enjoys the paranormal world, and he uh, was very intrigued with Whispers Estate. Well, hopefully everybody that's listening gets a chance to get down there and visit. You can go to whispersestate.com to find out more and be able to plan your trip. Uh, and, and, of course, Mitchell, Indiana, it's it's a small town, but you guys have uh, a world-famous festival every year. We do. We have our Persimmon Festival once a year. Uh, it's a week-long event. Um, we, we worship the great persimmon fruit. Um, so... <laughs> Um, a lot of people, they don't even know what the persimmon is, but, uh, yes, they, they think highly of it here in Mitchell. And um, uh, it's, it's something to really come out and see. And uh, usually around that time, you guys put on the, the full show. You have the flashlight tours. You have the overnight investigation, the four-hour investigations. You have table tipping. Uh, the seances, everything seems to be going on during that time. So it seems like it's a great time for people to plan uh, a trip down there if they want to come and check out Whispers Estate. Well, we thank you, Gwen, for joining us. And uh, hopefully you can keep us up to date with the stuff that happens. Uh, and I know that 
if you follow along with Whispers of State on Facebook, join the, the page there, and you'll be able to get all of the updates uh, pretty much every time there's a group in there. Van usually does a pretty good job of, of uh, accounting for everything that takes place and letting people know. So I just love the fact that it's a, an actively researched, frequently researched location that people actually uh, have uh, a, a running document of the investigations that take place there, and it's a, it's a good way to kind of catalog all that research and see the patterns. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. And, uh, and go Patriots. <laughs> I had to sneak that in <laughs> one more time. All right. Thank you, Gwen. Have a great night. Thank you. That thank is, you. Bye-bye. That is Gwen Ziegler of Whispers Estate. And, again, you can check it out at whispersestate.com if you want to go there and plan a trip and check it out. Guys, I know I want to get down there someday. And, you know, we mm. have the open invite from Van whenever we can get down there. So eventually we're going to have to do so. Uh, do you know what cult stands for? I'm sorry? Cult. Count on losing, count upon losing this Sunday. <laughs> well, hopefully, that'll be the case, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there tomorrow. And that means that the Patriots would be going to the Super Bowl, and you know who knows what kind of uh, shuffling around might have to happen here. Because if the pregame for a regular game starts like tomorrow at like eight a.m., who knows? They might start Saturday night for a Super Bowl pregame. Mm-hmm. We're not sure. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm looking at you because <laughs> no you, you work the football. He's like, I have no idea. We do have a call here. Let's try and squeeze in a quick call before we run out of time. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. Hey, I just had a question. Did you guys do that contest for that magic show yet? No? Not yet. We will do it uh, right as we're going off the air. All righty. It'll, it'll be easier to write down the information of whoever wins. So. Oh, okay. All right. Stay All right. tuned for that. And, again, if you're wondering what we're talking about, it is the magic show for Odie's Place to benefit the No-Kill Animal Shelter that will be built in the city of New Bedford. They are a nonprofit organization. They're having this magic show as a fundraiser coming up on Thursday at the Chuck E. Cheese in North Dartmouth. Just $10 a ticket. You can go to odiesplace.org to find out more. But we will give away a pair of tickets in just a few moments as we go off the air. Uh, I don't know if, uh, know if you guys have been in Chuck E. Cheese lately. It would be kind of weird if you have been. No. You've at least got, you know, a, a great nephew yeah. that's of the age of going to Chuck E. Cheese. Matt? Yeah. As, as much as I want to go, I yeah. can't because I'll, I don't know. Your niece is a little old now. and Yeah. I'll be put on a list. If I go by myself. You might already be on a, the list. I'm a grown man. Might, I can't but, be doing that. Which is too bad because they have great video games right. there. And you can have a lot of fun there with, uh, you know, just five dollars. So upset. <laughs> so, but this is your this is your chance because you can go yeah. buy a ticket to support Odie's place and go to the magic show. Do they, and then do they still have the play. animatronics and stuff? Yes, they do. Do they? Yes. Mm. I don't know how like, that's going to work either. If they move those off the stage for the magic show. Yes, and that that's a freaky experience unto itself. <laughs> There's actually a game that all the paranormal people right now are downloading on their phones and playing. A very intense game called Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, I played it, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a Chuck E. Cheese type ripoff, right? Yeah, it's right? creepy. It's just, it doesn't, I don't know. It just scares you. I don't know. My son was talking about it for weeks, and we're like, do not play it then if it's going <laughs> to terrify you. But he, he can't resist, so he downloads the demo. And uh, But is it a fun game? Is it? Um, you're kind of like, it's like a point-and-click game, so it's like you're you're not really doing anything, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah. But then, you, then you throw your phone. Because uh, it scares you that yeah. bad? Nice. Star, it's like a Starler. Starler. Uh, I might have to drop the two ninety nine and download it. Yeah. Did you play the demo? 
I have not. Oh, play the demo first. See, okay. if you, see if you like it. Maybe I'll do that. I didn't actually understand. I had to look up how to play. All right. Well, that's so. fair enough. And uh, so we will be back next week with a brand new edition of the show. And coming up, starting next month, we're going to do our, you know, our Spooky South Coast 2015. Everybody's going to have a week. Uh, we'll have one week will be booked by Matt Costa, one week will be booked by me, one week by Moniz, one week by Stephanie, and that person will step up and kind of take the lead uh, for the interview in a way to kind of bring in some different viewpoints and different opinions uh, with the show. And, of course, if you want to make suggestions, if you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you would fit a member of the Spooky Crew's week, then all you have to do is email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. But we do have some great shows that will be coming up on the horizon. Uh, We're going to be finding out very shortly about a new piece of equipment that's being built by a team in Italy that is supposed to revolutionize paranormal research. So we'll have that information for you coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, And so if you want to find out about Legend Trips, you go to legendtrips.com. Sign up now because we do have an event that we'll be announcing very shortly. It'll be happening right here in New Bedford. I can't give any more information than that, but you can probably put it together. We're just waiting for some final okays from the city and from the park department, uh, but we will be making that announcement soon. So get on the email list at legendtrips.com if you want to have first crack at those tickets. They'll be $99, so you don't want to miss out on those. People are waiting for me to say those words. Uh, and say that it's available. So make sure that you get on the list so that you get first crack. And speaking of tickets, if you want to win those tickets to the Magic Show this coming Thursday night at Chuck E. Cheese in Dartmouth, uh, you just have to call in at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 as soon as we go off the air. As soon as I say, stay spectacular, that's when you can start calling. And what do you want to do, Matt? You want to take a certain caller? Should we ask a question? Uh, we did ask that did question ask. before. Yep. Dude, but I, I don't know if anybody's going to find the answer. But the answer was Nolan Bushnell. Right. We were supposed to have the founder of Atari on the show. I know. I was really excited and he, about And he it. stiffed us. It happens. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, I remember uh, you know, we planned it for like three weeks in advance, and then the night came, and he didn't know about it. So yeah. that's what happens when you reach for the stars. Sometimes you're you know, dealing with some of the... <laughs> Some of the uh, the other folks that work with them, it doesn't always work. Out, Next but time we can right. try. We can try again. Yeah, we haven't. We have not tried again, but maybe we should. All right. Well, we will definitely look forward to doing that in the future. And uh, there's a great documentary I watched too, by the way, about video games. So we'll talk yes. about that some other time. Until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Timmy. Watch you all Tuesday. Spooktacular. <laughs>